you have suffered the loss of a child, you will know that the pain, emptiness, and longing changes you. This is Viloma, hosted by Jean van den Berg. Jean is a social worker in private practice and life coach specializing in trauma and bereavement counseling. And through this series, she hopes to let parents who have lost a child know that they are not alone. Good morning. This is Jean, and I want to share with you today my journey with grief. We have done uh, quite a few podcasts regarding grief and how to support and how to work through or how to cope or what to expect. But I feel that this is also very personal for me and maybe this will be also beneficial for you listening to this podcast. Each one of us has a story, a unique story, born out of our pain and our devastation. So my story with loss started when I was five years old. I was the firstborn. My mom was due to give birth to her second child and I was staying with my grandmother. The phone call of my father is still imprinted in my memory. My little sister was stillborn. I grew up as an only child. I envied my friends who had brothers and sisters. For me, this was heaven on earth to have playmates all the time. I was always a very social child and longed to have friends close by. I told my mum that I will have six children one day. A big family was the ultimate dream. I got married at the age of 19 and at 21, I became the mother of a baby boy. I enjoyed motherhood, although as with all first mothers, very uncertain and a big learning curve. Three years later, our daughter Blader was born, the most beautiful little girl, an easy baby, not so easy toddler. She had a will of her own and lived in a world of her own imagination. She started with art classes at the age of five as she showed interest and talent from a very early age. Eight years later, our third child was born, also a little girl. She was welcomed in the family as her brother was already 11, Blady was now 8, and they all helped with a new sister. Two years later, the fourth child was born, also a little girl. The family was complete. Four children were enough. The dream of six children was just a little girl's dream, longing for playmates. Blader called the two little sisters her children. She many a time told me what to do, as she was the mum. A busy and full household, just as I dreamed of. In the 90s, I bought a book that caught my eye in the bookshop. It was about a mother who had lost a daughter, who was last year in school in a car accident. The book was sad, but also the first time that I learned about the loss of a child and deep in my heart I had this feeling that I will go through this as well. I did not talk about it but I was aware of this thought. 
And on the 3rd of February, 2007, this awareness became real. Blader was 25 years and nine months. She just started her last year at university studying fine arts. A very talented artist and passionate about life. She has been through a very trying time at the age of 21 and she was busy healing from a deep loss that she went through. She was in love and found a partner that she wanted to spend the rest of her life with. A phone call just after one in the mo- on the morning of 3 February 2007 and our family life as it was before fell apart. Blader died in a car crash alone in her car, on her way to her apartment after working a shift at a restaurant. As every parent who has walked this road of grief when a child dies will know, no words can describe the pain, the devastation, the disbelief, the hopelessness, the exhaustion, the tears, the horror of such news. My son who lived in London at the time joined the family a day after the tragedy. The two little sisters, now 17 and 15, who had such a close relationship with Blader, were lost. My husband at first concentrated on the practical side, all the arrangements that needed to be made. I walked as if in a bubble. I could not think. I could not function. I cried. And that I did for months on end. Never knew that one can have so many tears. It just didn't stop. But I've also learned that it pushes people away. It makes them uncomfortable. Everyone wants to say something to make you feel better. It does not work like that. I could not sleep. I was not part of social media at that time, and I searched the internet on pages about child loss. I wanted to know if what I'm feeling is normal and if I will ever feeling better again. I found that book that I read ago, years ago in my bookshelf, and I read it again. I looked up the organization, the Compassionate Friends, and phoned them. This was two weeks after Blader died. I just needed to talk to someone who would understand. I felt that I was going crazy. I could not utter the words, my child died. On the memorial letter that we printed, I did not want a death date on it. I could not believe that my child has an end date. Only her birth date, 12 May 1981, was on this letter. I wanted her to live forever. I was looking for help. I was reading everything that I could put my eyes on. In the library at the Compassionate Friends, I was introduced to many books on death, the afterlife, and new concepts that were never before part of my world. And five and a half weeks after Blader died, I started a journal writing letters to her, pouring my heart out. By now, the telephone calls stopped. The bouquets of flowers have died.
my son returned to Europe. My husband returned to his job. The girls went back to school. Everyone in the family struggled in his or her own way. And I felt incompetent and helpless to help them. I could not even help myself. How could I help them? I was also in my final year doing my honours in social work degree in social science and I cancelled my practical modules, realising that I was not in a good state to work with clients. My father, who was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease a couple of years before, could not remember that she died. He would ask me, why do you cry? My mother, who Bladen was named after, the one who buried a little stillborn one, seemed to be unable to support me. And I realized that she never allowed herself to grieve those years. And I realized now why she had been depressed all her life. I started to understand so many things from my growing up years. Alone, so very alone. That was me. It was as if life had stopped. Not any balance. Not within myself and not within our family. I never missed a TCF meeting in the first two years. Most of the time my husband accompanied me. It felt to me that I could be me, the new me, without judgment and the forever advice from those who did not understood at these meetings. I read the newsletters over and over. We decided to have an art exhibition with all Blader's art. A friend of Blader just opened a small art gallery on the recommendation of Blader and this art exhibition was the opening of this gallery. This gave me purpose, something to concentrate on. Talking to her lecturers, her classmates, her friends about her helped me so much. Learning from them on what an impact she made on many people's lives. The exhibition ran for two weeks and was a wonderful tribute. We called it the Pre-Post Blader. Not long before her death, a journalist did an interview with Blader and she asked her, which art period would be your most favorite? And her answer was spontaneous, the Pre-Post Blader. She loved all the different periods. I learned that people do not remember what you did, what you had, how much money you had, or what clothes looked like. People only remember how you made them feel. And Blader left a legacy of love, care, and compassion. The hours, the days, the weeks, the months passed. Every birthday, Mother's Day, Father's Day, special day was torture. Every Friday evening I would go to bed with a heaviness in my heart. I dreaded Friday nights. I started working at my husband's business as his business partner left us suddenly. I learned that he also left us with so much debt. My husband was unaware, grieving and struggling to just carry on and was exploited. 
I also picked up my studies again and managed to finish a few subjects. Concentrating was extremely hard, forgetting, unorganized, all the traits that were never part of me. I learned that the person I was, I am no more. I had to become patient with myself. I went for a few sessions of counseling to a wonderful lady who did help me to get perspective and to be kind to myself. When the first Christmas was coming up and as a family we decided to do something different, instead of the having Christmas at home as we always did, we all went to the South Coast. My son from England joined us as he arrived early December and decided to stay with us for some time. He was very depressed, lonely, and struggled a lot to get to terms with losing his sister. The decision to go away for Christmas was not a good one. I realized that I was also very depressed and did not want to get up in the morning. We all tried our best but came home early. It was time for me to get some help. I realized that if I was so low, down and depressed, it rubbed off on the family and that is my responsibility to ask for help. My GP described an antidepressant and about after 10 days, I started to feel that I have some fog lifting. It did not take my grief away. As many people tell me that they don't want to numb their feelings, he does not do that. It just helped the low serotonin levels to get more to balance. I went back to university to finish my last six modules and threw myself into the practical studies at the organization where I was allocated. I wanted to finish. I started to enjoy small things in life. And after six months, I was weaned off the antidepressant tablet. Our third daughter left for Germany for a gap year after finishing her last year of schooling. My son helped in the business and it allowed me time to finish the studies. The family learned to support each other. One day one was up and the other one down. Me and my husband still visited the meetings and supported each other through the day-by-day -day struggles. The first anniversary of Blader's death was something we dreaded. Yes, it did throw us all down, and we did not really know how to handle it. But we held each other, and although the one sister was not with us, we stayed in contact as much as possible. And slowly, I learned more and more of this brief road. Journaling scrapbooking, reading, listening to other parents' stories and the meetings, good days, bad days, dying days. Somewhere the cloud lifted from time to time. The healing from grief is not a linear process. It is not like the graph of an illness going better and better. No. It's up and down, but the up would be little longer and the down would not be so continuous as before. The second year seemed in some instances harder and in other instances more bearable. I learned to be more empathetic.
Working at the agency where I finished my practical studies helped me to have a purpose. By succeeding to finish my studies brought a big relief. Learning to live without one's child is a long and hard process. At the beginning, it feels impossible to live without your child. All the feelings of guilt, self-doubt, what if became part of my life. Nothing is the same. And I've learned that ongoing grief is normal, not dysfunctional. It's not also not dysfunctional, but the experience is unpleasant because grief-related thoughts and emotions come from time to time up and it can become even worse, even later years on. Humans are meant to experience both sides of the emotional spectrum. Where there are things that we love and appreciate and a fond memory, it also brings in the same time the moments of sadness, yearning and pain. And although this experience seems to be in opposition to one another, we can experience them all at the same time. As the years passed, there came this realization and the symptoms for me that grief is like a shadow. It is always with you. It's not always visible, but that does not mean it is not there. On the second anniversary of Blader's death, I volunteered my services to the compassionate friends. For me to help others became my road of healing. For four years, I facilitated a support group in Centurion. My husband assisted me and this became a lifestyle, providing counseling, a listening ear, and support to parents helped me to get to terms with the loss of our own dear child. They are told today, times that the mere thought my child died, hits me right in the stomach. The memories do not fade. My fear that people will forget her are shared by many parents. But I have learned that she will always be alive in my being. Not a day goes by that I do not have a memory, a thought or a trigger that reminds me of her. Reading about the death of a child Counseling with parents at my practice is always hard. The growing amount of parents starting this bitter road grows day by day. Through the compassionate friends I made the most dear friends, we shared the experience that nobody else could imagine. Through this journey, I learned so much. In the 25 years and nine months that I could be the mother of Blader, she taught me a lot. But in the 14 years and 8 months, she taught me more. There is so much more about life as a bereaved parent. It brings more perspective about what is really important. Death becomes your companion. No fear of dying. Rather looking forward in meeting your child again. I cherish the special times with our children and grandchildren. And in every conversation, Blader is part of us. We always light a candle, a silent memory. We talk about her and remember her all the time. When Blader lived, she was part of my life. In her death, 
She is also part of my being. She is with me every day. Yes, I have learned to live again. But that does not mean forgetting, but it means acceptance and healing. Nothing in life is in our control. Nothing in life is guaranteed. We are here on this earth to learn. The death of my daughter has taught me so much, and I'm forever thankful that they had the experience to be her mother. And this is what grief is. It's like an old injury. It's always there, but it aches more when it rains. And I want you to know, dear parent, who has also your own story, to do not feel that I cannot get over it, because I don't think there is a term of getting over your child's death. It is more learning to live with it. Grief walks with us, but it does not mean that it cannot be a purposeful life without our child. If you struggle so much that you feel, I cannot live again, I cannot enjoy anything again, it feels to me that I want to die, I want to really just give up. Please do not hesitate. You're so welcome to send me an email, info at guidance to grow .co.za. My name is Jean and I'm a social worker in private practice specializing in trauma and in bereavement. And you are not alone in this journey. Blade has taught me this journey. I am her so grateful and I will miss her every day of my life. But I also know that one can live again. I trust that this will also give you hope. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Viloma. Visit www.guidancetogrow.co.za to find out more about Jean van den Berg, social worker in private practice and life coach specializing in trauma and bereavement counseling. If you have lost a child and would like to connect with Jean, Please email info at guidancetogrow.co.za and follow Guidance to Grow SA on Facebook. <laughs>